0: Working on I how about I, I tell you
1: cake
0: Ooh, thank you I tell you a story while you make cake for me this is gonna be a story guess what angels you like angels uh-huh. let me tell you a story about angels devotion to the nine choirs of holy angels. And especially to the Angel Guardians, translated from the French of Henri Marie Boudon, Archdeacon of Everex, by Edward Healy Thompson, M.A., a quote from Hebrew, 14, uh, 114. Nonne omnes sunt administratori spiritus in ministerium missi propter eos qui hereditatem capient salutis. London, Burns, Oaks and Company, 1817 Portman Street, Portman Square, and a and S. Paternoster Row, Dublin, okay. Kelly, 8 Grafton Street, 1869, in the year of, translated by Valentine and Company, Edinburgh and London. I finally found a book I want to read, it's so exciting, I ain't no beat that broken advertisements this translation of what may perhaps be called the most popular of all Boudon's work was undertaken with a desire of furthering the holy object for which it was written in the way which the venerable author especially recommended for one of the means and indeed one of the chief means which he prescribes prescribes for spreading devotion to the holy angels is the distribution of well selected books on the subject. He writes This means includes almost all the others, since it both gives them honour and teaches it. Well in the absence of any treatise on the due mode of the honouring of honoring these blessed spirits, it is hoped that the present publication may be found a useful contribution to our devotional literature. Can I have some chips? Mm-hmm. Such a treaties. You want a treaty? You want a chip? Take a treatise. Check a treaties. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. I don't play with it. Don't waste my food. You're not gonna eat it. Don't play with it. No, 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 no. You wanna play with something? Play with the, no, don't play with that either. Don't lose this one. Please. Okay, you can play with the other one. That one, here, this one. Huh? How about this one? Oh, no! Mm. Where's the, do you keep losing them? No, I cannot have you play with this. This, how about this one? Yeah, 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 go those, those. you be my drummer boy. Thank you. Oh, wait, what happened to my music? Next. Turn off the lights. This is Mr. Asimov. Advertisement. In the absence of any treatise on the due mode of honouring these blessed spirits, it is hoped by the present publication to be found a useful contribution to our devotional literature, literature. Such a treatise, it is believed, has long been felt to be desiratum among English-speaking Catholics, and that Boudon's work was well adapted to supply the want, may be inferred from the fact that several persons of piety and judgment were desirous of having it translated, and that more than one had actually entered on the task before they were aware that the present performance was completed and ready for press. Oh, the popularity of this little book has attained and has continued to retain in France is sufficient evidence of its intrinsic merits. And indeed, it would not be easy to produce a work equal to it in simplicity, unction and it is superfluous to add that the doctrines it contains are not the offspring of the writer's imagination or his mere private opinions, but that they rest on the solid basis of capital C Catholic theology and are in faithful accordance with the teaching of the big C church and his zeal for the honor of God, the author has led to discant at some length on the irreverence, indifference, and penuriousness, penuriousness, of which men are guilty in regard to the blessed sacrament of the altar. All this may appear irrelevant to the subject on which he is treating, but not to mention that it springs naturally from the consideration that angels are the guardians of churches and altars. Such digressions may be taken as exemplifications of his own habitual practice of the devotion he is recommending the thought of some scandal or abuse occurs to his mind as he writes and forthwith while himself prescribing remedies he turns as by a natural movement of piety to the holy angels for sympathy and counsel confers with them about the matter and implores their assistance in correcting the evil. Anyhow, it is felt to be more satisfactory and more respectful to the saintly writer to publish his work entirely without omission or abridgment. Again, there are some portions of the subject which might perhaps have been more fully treated with advantage, but others there are which this experienced master of the spiritual life may be truly said to have well-nigh exhausted, such is the detailed description of the various elicitations, stratagems, and subtleties which the devil employs for the deterioration and destruction of souls, a description of which at least must be the effect of showing the real practical nature of the devotion, which is the object of the book to inculcate For if the spirits of hell are possessed of such tremendous power and craft, and are allowed to exercise both one and the other in assaults upon mankind, and that reader of the Bible can doubt the fact of what importance, of what unspeakable personal importance to every one of us is that we should secure the aid of those far mightier beings. Mightier because they are the servants and friends of God who are commissioned by him to protect and assist the heirs of salvation. In explaining the particular office which the Choir of the Powers, with a capital P, fulfills in reference to men, oh, the author makes an observation which applies with a special force to these our times. Quote, When we see the storms gathering either in the church, with big C, or in the big S state, Yes, combinations to resist those who are working for the glory of God. Capital G, extraordinary conspiracies to defeat some great good which is being planned in the diocese, towns, c- country districts, and provinces. Then it is that we ought to perform frequent devotions in honor of these powers of heaven, P-H, that they might overturn and destroy all the might and miserable... Plottings of hell. Unquote. Such combinations and extraordinary conspiracies are now see, we now see, forming around and against the church, capital C, in almost every country of Europe, fostered and even av- avowedly organized by irreligious and infidel governments. Infidel governments, machinations, so cunningly contrived and so unrelentingly pursued that we might well believe that they can only have their origin in satanic, with a capital S, hate and malice. Against these, quote, plottings of hell, unquote, God has given to his church the protection of his holy angels, incomparable to their love and pity for men and their zeal for the divine interests. Mighty, therefore, as our adversaries are, and seemingly irresistible in their fury, we may be the aid, we may, by the aid, sorry, of these glorious spirits, baffle all their wicked counsels. What? We may, by the aid of these glorious spirits, baffle all their wicked counsels and scatter their forces like shaft before the wind. The pious author is especially urgent in recommending devotion, not only to the angelic hierarchies in the general, but to each of the nine choirs in particular. There is one way of practicing this devotion to which attention may here be suitable directed. It is that of honoring the sacred heart of Jesus in union with the nine choirs of angels by means of an association of worshippers laid together for that holy purpose. This pious association is formed of different bands, each band consisting of nine adorers. To each of these adorers is assigned every month a distinct office of devotion, to be discharged in conjunction with one of the nine choirs of angels. Thus, every associate enjoys the special assistance of all the blessed spirits in that particular choir. It is enabled to wor- and is enabled to worship the sacred heart in a more perfect way. His adoration almost also, his adoration also suffers less intermission and indeed may be said to become perpetual, seeing that the heavenly adorers supply his place when either his necessary advocations or sleep render attention on his own part impossible. Such persons as may desire to take part in this holy league will find full directions for forming associations and regulating the exercises of the members in a little book published by Monsignor Richardson and entitled, quote, Method of honoring the Sacred Heart of Jesus, extracted from the life of the Blessed Margaret Mary Alacoque. Unquote. Signature: E. Period. H. Period. T. Period. Cheltenham. Michael Mass. 1869. Thank you for joining us for the introduction advertisement of the Devotion to the Holy Angels. We'll be right back with the contents. There are part one. The book is divided into first, uh, the advertisement we just read, then the dedication to Our Lady of the Angels, then dedication to my good God, Angel, Guardian. And then of course, exhortation to love and devotion for the holy angels. It is the property of great things to be indescribable. It is the property of great things to be indescribable the excellences of the angels cannot worthily be expressed. All the possible motives urge us to love them. Men are moved to love by different considerations. And all these considerations oblige us to love the angels. Every kind of good is to be found in their love. Their friendship is incomparable. Their love pursues us everywhere. Yet devotion to them is rare. This is owing to the absence of the interior life. The more exalted the angels are, the greater their love and their power. The author's desire to rouse men from their insensibility, the world's forgetfulness of God. And of God's angels. The language of the fathers respecting them, the author calls upon all sorts of men to love all the nine choirs with a particular love. He invokes the blessing of God upon all who practice devotion to them. Part one, motives for this devotion. First motive, the admirable perfections of these sublime intelligences. The greatness of the angels beyond the thought of men to conceive. They are spirits, pure and bright. Why they are called intelligences. How they are represented in Scripture. Their marvelous power, their enchanting beauty, everything about them enrapturing. They are the mirrors of God's perfections, called by the name of God in Scripture. Page 19 second motive the incomparable goodness of these spirits of love angels and kings of heaven sorry angels, the kings of heaven they love us with every variety of love their love untiring and unchangeable they are our best And oldest friends, yet they meet with nothing but ingratitude and contempt from men. Hence, their love for men is past understanding. Page 24. is twice as absorbent. Second, third motive. All the holy angels are engaged in the service of men. All the angels are ministering spirits, even the highest and most exalted. Proofs of this from scripture. Their numbers exceedingly great Their gratitude we ought to feel to these princes of heaven and what joy and confidence in their friendship. Page 28. Fourth motive, all men are assisted by the holy angels. The love of God to man has no other motive but itself. The smallest sin has in it something terrible and abominable. The angels clearly discern this, yet cease not to assist sinners. Heretics and unbelievers have their protecting angels. Even Antichrist, with a capital A, will have a guardian angel. No excess of malice and ingratitude prevents these beings of heavenly purity from devoting themselves to the service of men. Page 31. Motive, fifth motive. The holy angels do all that is possible to be done for the good of men. Angels have assumed visible forms in the service of men. They accompany us everywhere, bite our folly and vileness the princes of capital p paradise are our servants and slaves they watch over everything belonging to us scripture instances will be given the whole world is full of them see page 35. sixth motive The holy angels assist us in temporal things. Their considerable kindness and liberal, liberality, liber, liberality. They have care of our bodily nature and sustenance and confer all sorts of benefits upon us. Instances of this from scripture and lives of saints we will give. They deliver us from all kinds of evil and assist us in all our distresses. Instance of the pillar of cloud and of fire that accompanied the people of Israel. We'll talk about that. Page 40. Seventh Motive. The holy angels render us great services for eternity. The affair of eternity, the one great affair. The zeal which the angels show to procure men the life of grace. The care they take to maintain and increase it. They instill a love of all virtues and especially of purity. They inspire men with love for Jesus and Mary. An instance, an incident in the life of Saint Dominic. They communicate light to the understanding and pious Impulses to the heart. They preserve from sin and deliver from it. They animate and encourage in labors and sufferings. Read more on page 46. Eighth motive. the protection of the holy angels against the devils, with a particular reference to their different temptations, which are here treated of. Life, one long temptation. All right, let's just get that clear. We are weak, okay? Not the weekly thing, but the W-E-A-K. And our enemies are mighty, the devil's cruel in their rage, their formidable strength, their subtle machinations. The devil ever busy in laying snares, trap, it baits them cunningly, attacks if he cannot seduce chooses well his time, feigns to retreat, amuses with a false peace. These wicked spirits mislead souls in the ways of grace, turn men aside from their true vocation, tempt them to frustrate God's intentions, delude them in the matter of prayer, confession, and communion. The artifices they employ in the highest paths of grace. They tempt to presumption, impatience, wariness, despair. Distort the imagination even of good people. Take advantage of their smallest imperfections. Mm-hmm. Prevents, present false notions of devotion. Well, there you go. This is the icon of vacation. Icon of the seas, arriving
1: flight.
0: Aye, aye, aye. not not marketing people. I'm just trying to skip the bit. Yes, let go. Limitless. Yes, okay. Skip, skip. Okay. Premium gasoline. All right. Bye. Yes, skateboarding. I love skateboarding. What does that have to do with car commercial? I don't know. Let's go. Pure Love by DNDM. DM me. me. Oh, who's that? Insinuate a censorious and critical spirit. They raise persecutions against the servants of God. They promote scandals and abuses. Some persons, their special instruments. The devils find their stronghold in heresy. They are indefatigable in pursuit. They penetrate everywhere. Their assaults are more violent in proportion to their love of God. Their number beyond conception. Our blindness and insensibility. The power of humility and of self-mistrust. We must avoid occasions of temptations and be prompt in resisting. When chastity is assailed, the only safety is in flight. Joseph! Remedies to adopt in case of... Uh, Other internal sufferings, interior sufferings. Yeah, we'll cover that. Scruples and other disquietudes, temptations to blasphemy, or the idea of reprobation. Living by faith, the sure rule of the spiritual life. It is one of the devil's stratagems to make us be occupied with anything but what we ought to be about. Another is to give us a taste for occupations which are not suitable to our state against all the artifices of hell god has given us the defense of his holy angels instances of their protecting power i will give and the devil have a great dread of them yeah page 52 Ninth Motive, the great assistance which the holy angels afford us at the hour of death and after death, Ooh, on the moment of death, hangs the sentence of eternity. The thought of God's judgments, terrible. The angels are friends when creatures abandon us. Blessed are they who have been devout to them during life. The angels present our souls before the tribunal of God. Page 92. Tenth motive. Devotion to the holy angels is a mark of a high predestination. That which passes away desires only our contempt. The human heart is made for great things. The joys of the blessed in heaven Are unequal. We ought to strive after the highest honors for the sake of the greatest glory of God. Devotion to the angels contributes wonderfully to the perfection of divine love and therefore to the increase of heavenly glory. The higher the angels, the more of God there is in them. Our devotion rarely extends beyond Those of the lowest choir. Page 96. Eleventh motive. The glory of the Most Holy Virgin. The glory of the Blessed Mother of God. A powerful motive. The zeal of the angels for the interests of their Queen. With a capital Q. Therefore. The motive of her glory is one of the most powerful in promoting devotion to the angels. The several titles which belong to her in connection with these heavenly spirits, the angels, are the quote friends, unquote, of the spouse in the canticles, capital C, page 100. twelfth motive God alone God all in all to the soul that loves with a pure love it cares for nothing save his sacred interests self-interest is an abomination to it God only forms the whole occupation of a glorious eternity very few love God after a perfect manner We must love the angels only in God and for God. Illustration taken from the spouse in the canticles. We will share pure love, a state of universal death to everything. Page
1: 103.
0: Is that all? No, that's only the part one, table of contents, introduction. We haven't even started yet. Part two? Sure. We'll come right back. Part two, practice of this devotion. First practice, to have a particular devotion to the angels archangels and principalities. The different offices of these three orders. We ought to have a singular devotion to our angel guardians. We ought also to be devout to the guardian angels of our friends. Among our friends, our spiritual directors ought to hold a prominent place. We must honor also the angels of our benefactors, of our enemies and of the prelates of the church, especially the sovereign Pantiff, and also of temporal princes. The archangels of kingdoms and provinces, of towns and villages must be objects of our devotion. churches and altars have their guardian angels. The author laments the profane nations committed against the blessed sacrament, carelessness in giving communion, penuriousness in providing altar furniture. He invokes the assistance of the holy angels. In remedying these evils, it entreats the pious souls to seek their aid. Not only dioceses, but communities and fraternities. Confraternities have their angels, special virtues to be acquired through these three orders. See page 113. Second practice. to honor especially the powers the virtues and the dominations dominions dominations the different offices of these three orders we are apt to mistake our own will for the will of god devotion to the dominations a great remedy to this disorder. We are easily led by our inclinations. Devotion to the virtues, our resource. The virtues ought to be invoked in times of public calamity. To the powers, God has given a special strength against the might and malice of the devils. Devils. Their aid to be sought to protect the church against her enemies. Page 126. Third practice. To have a profound reverence and extraordinary love for the thrones, cherubim, and seraphim. The seraphim excel in the pure love of God. Eight properties of this love, the special attribute of the Charabim is light. The thrones are in close vicinity to the glory of God and repose upon him. The peace which passeth understanding is to be sought through their ministry. The science of heaven, which is the science of the saints, is to be learned at the feet of Jesus crucified through the teaching of the cherubim. The cherubim. cherubim. The hatred which the devils bear to directors who inculcate the science. The Seraphim are the sacred ministers of divine love. The Carmelite Order, destined by their super-excellent grace to fill the seats of the apostate spirits of this choir. Page 130. Fourth practice, to have a great devotion to St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, and the four other angels who are before the throne of God. St. Michael, the great saint of the cause of God and of God incarnate with capital I, I. The meaning of the title Archangel as applied to the highest princes of heaven. Saint Gabriel negotiated the mystery of the incarnation. Saint Raphael, the great benefactor of men, and emblems of the seven angels. They will obtain us the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and grace to avoid the seven deadly sins. Page 137. Fifth practice. To hold interior, converse with the holy angels. Our conversation ought to be heavenly. Therefore, we ought to converse frequently with these spirits of heaven. Men live in oblivion of the world of grace. Where there are numbers of people, there are also numbers of angels, yet we take no notice of them. Our neglect of our angel guardian, we ought to converse habitually with him. We need never feel solidarity. We may visit in spirit, heathen and heretical lands and converse with their angel guardians. It is a laudable practice to salute the angels of those we meet. These practices may be unusual, but they ought to be common. Page 142. Sixth practice, to perform novenas in honor of the nine choirs of angels. This practice, An efficacious means for obtaining the assistance of heaven in times of distress. God employs these blessed spirits to work wonders. Directions, how to employ each day of the novena will be provided. Public calamities, the effects of God's anger. So this devotion, a fitting preparation for the feasts of our Lord and his blessed mother highest exercises to be used will be given. Page 151, the seventh practice, to take certain days every month and every week for the purpose of honoring more especially the holy angels and to celebrate their feasts with all possible devotion. How to dedicate every day in the week to their honor. We make our birthday a feast of our angel guardian, feasts of St. Michael, pilgrimages to his mount in Normandy, his apparitions, legend of his slaying the dragon, St. Gaudentius, Uh, invention of his body and miracles wrought at his tomb, what? Feasts of St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, and the guardian angels. The rosary of our guardian, our angel guardian. (gasps) How to honor the angel guardians of the saints. Page 155. Map to my music. Eighth practice, to visit churches and oratories dedicated to God in honor of the holy angels certain localities honored by honored by god with special favors pilgrimages approved by the church and highly esteemed by saints will be discussed it is a pious practice to visit some chapel or altar dedicated to the angels revival of devotion to saint michael in the city of Raon, blessed by god Visits of devotion during nine succeeding days. Page 165. Ninth practice. To place great confidence in the protection of the holy angels and to have recourse to them in all our necessities, bodily and spiritual. The angels are as impregnable bulwarks to those who trust in the Lord, how great then ought to be our confidence. The blindness of men exemplified in the conduct of Elysius' the servant. We'll talk about that. The little confidence they placed in the protection of heaven. Revelations, which saints have had of the presence and ministration of angels. Our Lord employed their ministry. Page 168. Tenth practice, to labor for the conversion of souls and for their relief in the flames of purgatory in honor of the holy angels. The angels do all for the glory of God and we ought to labor with them for the interest of God in souls. The extravagance of men where self is concerned, hmm? their Negardliness, when God's interests are at stake. The example of the angels, a powerful motive for supporting souls. Like them, we ought to assist the souls in purgatory. Pious practices for this end will be given: our forgetfulness of the dead. Ah. Uh, Revelations of the Interest Taken by Angels in Suffering Souls. Page 173. Almost done. Two more and we're going to take a break. Eleventh Practice. To practice some virtue or abstain from vice or abstain from some vice in honor of the holy angels. If we desire to love the angels, we must love what they love and hate what they hate. Miraculous deliverance of a young nobleman. I'll tell you all about it. Humility, purity, and prayer. The virtues dearest to the angels. Their jealousy for the divine interests. Instance of this? Yeah, we'll give it. We must be careful not to do anything to offend them. Plato's doctrine on the subject, we'll give that to. Page 188. I'm sorry, page 181. Lastly, the 12th practice to be covered in this book to promote in all kinds of ways devotion to the nine choirs of holy angels. Our gratitude to these heavenly spirits ought to be as comprehensive as our duties towards them. The great thing is to have a real love. One means of honoring them is to distribute pictures of them and books composed in their honor. The rich can erect churches or chapels or altars to them. Preachers ought to instruct the people to devotion to them. Bishops and superiors, can recognize it in pastures and flocks. Pious persons can confer together to promote it. Page 186. So in conclusion of this little work by the plan of an association in honor of the nine choirs of angels, associations instituted for various objects, the object of this association would be to hasten the reign of Jesus and Mary the members should make a general confession, special times for communion, daily, monthly, and yearly observances, other other practices of piety and virtue. The associates must have a great horror of sin and especially of impurity. In towns, a solemn novena may be kept page 191 and we are at the end of the book a prayer to the nine choirs of angels of holy angels on page 199 a postscript ps on page 201 a full litany of the holy angels 202 a prayer to all angels page 204 litany of our holy angel guardian page 205 finally translator's notes 207 and we are done we'll be right back with god alone to our lady of the angels Mm, great queen of paradise sovereign empress of thrones blessed spirits we'll be right back Great Queen of Paradise, Sovereign Empress of those blessed spirits who enjoy an eternal repose and felicity inconceivable, prostrate at thy feet, where all that need find help, the greatest sinners a refuge, the persecuted an asylum, the afflicted consolation the weak a support the desolate a mighty defense whose sacred feet where the unbeliever finds faith the, heret- the heretic grace to submit himself to the holy catholic church the sinner conversion the lukewarm fervor the blind light, the feeble fortitude and strength, the just true holiness, those glorious feet where the most exalted souls receive the brightest illuminations of heaven. Learn the purest maxims of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our God, are the are instructed in the most solid truths of religion, are set on fire with the burning flames of pure love, and are arrayed in a garment of perfect justice. These dear feet of my good and faithful mistress, where I would fain and, I would fain live and die prostrate before thee. O my powerful protectress, I offer and present to thee, I dedicate and consecrate to thee, this little work, wholly consecrated and devoted to the honor of the nine choirs of angels, thy faithful subjects, and the illustrious princes of thy heavenly court as thou art their amiable princess, their august empress and glorious lady. It is meet that I should dedicate to thy greatness that which regards their interests and their glory. And more than this, O my most holy lady, Thou knowest that I possess nothing which is not thine. This is a truth which it is sweet to me to repeat and publish aloud on all occasions, esteeming as I do the title of thy servant in honor beyond compare, which I desire inviolably to preserve. In which, from my whole heart, I prefer to all that is greatest and most glorious upon earth. Thou, blessed, O oh thou most holy, this little work, bless it with thy holiest benedictions, for thou hast an interest in it, as in the thing which belongs to thee. And is all thine. Obtain for all who shall read it or hear it the unction of grace. Make it by the power of Jesus, thy beloved Son, a means of establishing and promoting devotion to all the choirs of the angels for the honor and glory of God alone. Our beginning and our soul end in all things. God alone. Sorry, God only. God only. God only. Welcome back, new month, current year, 2023, happy October everybody, let's count down to All Saints Day, at the end of the month, All Hallows Eve, let's get ready and planning, I know the grocery stores are probably selling the stuff already, what's up, tricks or treats, let us continue. Devotion to the Nine Choirs of the Holy Angels, October 1st, 2023. I will be your host and reader, Celeste Dior. Alone, To my good angel, guardian, my lord and faith, guide of my life, when I reflect on what thou art and what I myself am, when I think of my ingratitude and thy incredible goodness to me, my mind is, as it were, lost in an abyss. I am confounded am able only to say, Thou art a bright intelligence of the blessed eternity, a pure spirit, a pure spirit, a spirit all light and splendor, a spirit of pure love, a great prince of the Empyrean and one of the mighty kings of paradise. And as for me, I am but dust and ash, a vile lump of clay, a blind and miserable wretch, a very great Great. sinner, yea, the worst of all sinners. Here in the holy presence, I declare I desire to say it before all men, and to publish it everywhere, that I look upon myself as deserving not only the last place upon earth, but the lowest place in hell, below all the devils, and acknowledged to be the vilest creature in the whole world. yet thou deignest to love a creature such as this. Thou art pleased to bestow a watchful care on all that concerns it, to assist it in all its seeds, in all its needs, interior and exterior, to defend it against all its enemies, to support it against all the power of hell, Thou art pleased, O inconceivable thought, to accompany it continually to be its inseparable companion, and thou rejoicest in loading it with its benefits, notwithstanding all the contempt and fidelity and ingratitude with which it hath treated thee, next to the love of Jesus and Mary. Who ever heard of love like this? Surely it is a love unparalleled in consistency and fidelity. A love the most disinterested, the tenderest, the most patient, the most beneficent. Love the most merciful, the most generous, the strongest, the most devoted. Great Prince, why dost thou love me thus? Whence is it that there is not a single moment of my life which is not marked by some benefit of thine? O my soul, it is sweet to thee to muse upon the single mercies for which thou art indebted. To this dear Prince of thy life, it is sweet to thee to remember how he hath saved thee from hell, to recollect the graces he hath obtained for thee the unspeakable assistance he hath given thee on all occasions, the loving care he hath taken of all that regards both thy temporal and thy spiritual interests. Oh, my Lord, what return can I make thee for all these benefits? Ah. Too clear do I see that it is impossible for me to make any worthy acknowledgment for the exceeding favors thou hast shown me. Shall I give thee thanks with every breath I draw, it were but a small requital? O my soul, what then shall we do? Let us enter into the powers of the Lord and offer out of the sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary a worthy thanksgiving for so much goodness. When we have thought and said everything, it will not be enough. Should we even give our life for so beneficent a prince, we should not pay the debt we owe him, replenished as we have been through his favor with every manner of blessings, and delivered from every kind of evil. But, O most amiable prince, as both words and strength fail me, I would speak to thee through the precious heart of the admirable Jesus and that of his most holy mother. Quoniam non cognivi literaturam introibo impotentias. Domine. Alas, I know well that I cannot comprehend the ineffable language of those sacred hearts, that at least I desire to say that they will say to thee for me, Receive as my thanksgiving, which I fain would pay thee, but cannot the things that they will offer thee. Let them be forever the just reward of thy services and the rich acknowledgement of all thy love. Okay, we will be right back. I will try to breathe. Page XX I, I, I. I would speak to thee through the precious heart of the admirable, I'm sorry, adorable Jesus, and that of his most holy mother. Alas, I know well that I cannot comprehend the ineffable language of those sacred hearts, but At least I desire to say that they will say to Thee for me, Receive as my thanksgiving, which I fain would pay Thee, but cannot the thanks that they will offer Thee. Let them be forever the just reward of Thy services and the rich acknowledgement of all Thy love. My heart also pleasures itself by an resolve resolution, my heart also pledges itself by an inviolable resolution to love thee truly. O oh my Lord, bestow, I pray thee, thy benediction on these good desires. And on the sincere intention which I have to honor thee by all the actions of my life in God alone. I'm, in God only oh, sorry. <laughs> Praying for my health, sorry. Oh my Lord, bestow I pray thee. Thy benediction on these good desires and on the sincere intention which I have to honor thee by all the actions of my life in God only and for God only, desiring to live as thy servant and the servant of all the nine choirs of angels for the remainder of my days. Our blessed lady will rejoice that her servant should be thy servant also, as well as of all the other princes of heaven, thy companions, and that his whole life should be devoted to honor thee and them together with herself unceasingly to its last moment and throughout eternity and that all his days here below should be so many festivals of paradise. present, dear ruler of my heart, this resolution, which thou knowest I have taken, long taken, together with this little work, to all the three hierarchies, T-H, to all the nine angelic choirs, the burning seraphim, the radiant cherubim, cherubim, the glorious thrones, the mighty dominions, the divine virtues, the tremendous powers, the sacred principalities, the holy arch angels, and the loving angels, and. Say to them all which thou wilt know so well how to say in thy angelic fashion, and which I am wholly unable to express. Page XX1V the offering of a miserable life like mine. Amy, myself, and I, and of this poor work, is most unworthy of their deserts. But do thou supply my poverty and my imperfections, coming from thy hand, an angelic hand. Angels cannot but receive it graciously. Tell them also that my heart is full of desire to honor and to love them in a far more excellent way, and that fain would it possess the hearts of all men to give them to all the angelic choirs, that they may present them without reserve to the most amiable hearts of Jesus and Mary, where reigns and ever has reigned God only. Geo, go! It is this God only, O oh, most faithful, most constant, and most loving of my friends, whom I desire in all these desires. But once again, O oh, my Lord, for an end, so worthy, bestow thy holy blessing upon all the days of my life, and at the awful hour of death. Amen, amen. God only, God only, God only, oh and L-Y, who is the end of all devotion to the most holy virgin, V, to the angels and the saints, and the whom I desire to honor without ceasing in all the honors which I render them, period.
1: Page and section. Dance out. Stretching session. Little crack them old bones.
0: Devotion to the nine choirs of angels, God only, exhortation to love and devotion for the holy angels. of the wise, says the Holy Spirit, and Ecclesiasticus is like in its abundance to the overflowing of Even as we see fields and whole lands covered and submerged by the incursion of rivers or of the sea, so the mind of a Christian. it is necessarily lost therein by reason both of their abundance and their brightness. This truth is marvelously displayed in the revelation which Christianity makes to us of the holy angels. And we may truly say that this science of love and of those admirable spirits is a holy and divine inundation. We have but to think of it seriously for a moment. And a host of reasons will crowd in upon the mind. Overwhelming it with their force and multitude. It is indeed an abyss of love in which we lose ourselves. We discover so many. discover so many motives and so many reasons to love these spirits who are all love. And all these motives are so touching and all these reasons so urgent that we feel altogether bewildered. We desire to declare them because the zeal of our devotion impels us to do so are unable to express them. It is the property of great things to be unutterable. This illumination causes a species of martyrdom in the soul which loves. It is wonderful how its love increases its light and how the light It receives, increases, its love. And how by virtue, its its very greatness, this love at last makes the soul feel as though it were powerless. To love because love prompting it to make known the dear object of its affections. The great knowledge it possesses thereof takes away from it the power of expressing how lovely rejoices, however, in the thought that the holy motives which dispose our hearts to love the good angels are greater than that, then language can convey, and this thought brings with it a sweet satisfaction. For it is much to say of these sublime intelligences that it is not possible worthily to declare their excellencies. But after all, love is a fire which cannot be held. Sooner or later, it must burst forth. And if it is difficult to know, to speak of devotion to the holy angels, it would be still more difficult to be silent.
1: Mama.
0: In a word, we will be back Come then. Here. Come here. In a word then, all possible motives all imaginable reasons urge us to love these spirits of love and to such a degree that a man must surely have neither mind to reflect nor heart to love or he must confess that nothing can be more just than devotion to the holy angels and that they ought to be loved at any rate Thus, I have always said, as for me, I am not afraid of not loving the holy angels, always supposing the aid of divine grace, for that seems to me impossible, but I am afraid.
1: Oops,
0: reloading. Thus, I have always said, as for me, I am not afraid of not loving the holy angels, always supposing the aid of divine grace, for that seems, to me, impossible, but I am afraid of not loving them enough. God, on his part, obliges us, therefore, thereto, and the creature also obliges us, This is to say everything in a few words. If you regard God, you must love the angels. If you regard the creature, if you regard yourself, you must love them. Pure love commands it. Self-love requires it. God only wills it. The most holy virgin and all the saints desire it all our own pleasure and sads and satisfaction our own interest demand it if you have given yourself to god only you must yourself give yourself to the holy angels why does my page keep refreshing Please help me. have given yourself to God only you must give yourself to the holy angels if your love is mixed with self-interest that again obliges you to be devout to them in truth the hearts of men are moved to love in very different ways there are some but they are few in number who possess a generosity of spirit so divine that looking no longer in a manner at what concerns themselves, neither at temporal nor spiritual interests, neither at heaven nor hell, time nor eternity, regarding neither their own salvation nor their own glory. In an entire forgetfulness of self, they look to God alone. God alone is their only all in all things. God alone, it is, who is their motive in everything. It is He alone whom they desire in life, in death, and after death. There are others, again, who look to God and love Him. But at the same time, they have an eye to God and to His love. They have an eye to their own interests. The hearts of some are attracted by beauty. Others are led by honor. Others, again, are allured by profit. You will see some impressed by greatness or captivated by extraordinary excellences and perfections. Others, again, who are won upon by contrast love. No! Who are won upon by constant love faithful services, and particular obligations. Thus, men who have hearts and hearts which love are attracted to love in very different ways. As they have not the same inclinations, so neither are they moved to love by the same considerations. He who loves, profit, profit, Will not trouble himself so much about honor because the things that are most honorable are often not the most useful and so again he who loves honor will despise money he will not set his heart upon it like the miser he must spend it in order to attain what eminence to which glory leads him to aspire. But were there anything in the world which could equally bestow riches, honor, and pleasure, assuredly it would be loved greatly by all. Here then, O oh men, I call you to love and devotion for the holy angels. Every kind of good is to be found in their love. If you love God, you must love the angels. If you love the rare perfections, which God, with which God, with which God has bestowed, if you love the rare perfections, with which God has endowed creatures, you must love the angels. If you love yourself you must love them if temporal things interest you their services in this respect are beyond belief if you love pleasure honor and profit these blessed spirits will procure them for you in this life provided you it be for the glory of their Master, with a capital M, for the good of your soul. But it is perfectly certain that they will obtain for you in eternity pleasures which surpass all human thought, as well as honors and treasures inestimable. If you desire the patronage of the powerful, there is nothing more powerful among created things than the angelic nature. Welcome to season six. If you consider the considerations, if you desire the considerations of the great, ah, they are the great princes of the Empire. The princes and the kings of a glorious eternity. That which is very sweet to think upon is that they share their crowns with their friends. They make them their associates in power. To be a true friend of the angels is to be on the certain road to a kingdom, and to be well assured of receiving one day the scepter and the diadem of an imperishable glory. (sighs) How unlike is their conduct to that of the great of this world who set their hearts upon nothing so much as upon reigning alone. While what these princes of love most ardently desire is to have companions in their empire, if your heart is captivated by beauty, they are preeminently beautiful. But their beauty is not like to that earthly beauty, which is but on the surface of the skin, in which an illness effaces, their loveliness is unchangeable and remains for ever unchanged. But as the matter of salvation is of the last importance. It is in this great, this one great business that we receive from them the most extraordinary assistance. In fine, they are friends matchless in merit, in love, in consistency. Their merits, their Perfections and their excellence no pen can describe. No mouth, however eloquent, can declare. Their love for men is altogether marvelous, for it comprises every kind of love. Their consistency is incredible. Since they are never wary, never wary of loving us, whatever cause of displeasure we may give them, they keep untiring, watch over everything which concerns us. They serve us as a fortress against the power of the devils. They are our protection and our defense against all our other enemies. They are all at the service of all men. And that for every manner of service, while vile and abject, it may be great truths in great truths. These in few words. In short... If you belong to the number of those pure souls who act only according as the Spirit of Jesus Christ moves them and who regard God only, you must, as we have already said, love the angels. And whether could our inclinations lead us with other, with more justice and holiness than towards these objects of the sweetest, complacency of God if it be true that the love of God must be the rule of our love how exalted should be our love for the angels who are the matchless creations of the love of God assuredly we often deceive ourselves in the objects of our friendship but in loving what god loves as god wills we should love we cannot possibly be deceived whichever way then we turn we find ourselves constrained to have devotion to the holy angels. The heart of man must change its nature, or he cannot but love the angels. For whether shall he go to escape angelic love? If he ascend up to heaven, there he will meet with those enrapturing splendors of a blessed eternity. And their beauty is irresistible. It must conquer him for he must or he must cease to love. If he make the circuit of the earth and seek the farthest limits of the world, all elements, fire, air, water, earth, and all that he finds therein, proclaim aloud the love of these sovereigns of love, the sun in his perpetual course, which a presiding angel guides, announces every day this love from one end of the world to the other, and that bright orb with its illuminating ray plainly declares this truth to all creatures here below. The dawn, which precedes the rising of the sun, publishes from the very break break of day the loving care of these spiritual lights, the morning stars of creation, and the night is never dark enough to hide their goodness. The light of these divine stars knows no setting. Stations on the walls of the mystic Jerusalem, these sentinels watch by night as well as by day. If we go down to the very center of the earth, we shall see amidst the fires of purgatory, the love of these charitable spirits burning with more intensity even than the purifying flames. Countries, the most forsaken, receive assistance from them. These sons of the Empyrean rise upon sinners as well as on the just. There lives not a pagan, not a savage, not one reasonable creature, however mean and wretched, but has an angel for his guardian. They are to be found in the vilest hovels of the most degraded beings on earth, as well as in the palaces of princes. Every soul experiences their help. All nature is assisted by them. In short, it may be truly said that on every side we hold the triumph of their love. How is it possible then to resist so many charms, so many sweet and powerful motives? <laughs> o oh, ye sons of men, how long will you be dull of heart? How long will you give everything what but what you? Ought to love. You can but weep over the insensibility and blindness of men. These are undoubted truths, and it is evident that we have every we have every conceivable motive to love the holy angels. Nevertheless, devotion to them is very rare. And if these spirits are very loving, they are also very little loved. It is true that devotion to our guardian angels, who generally belong to the lowest choir, begins to be more common. But there are few who practice devotion to all the other choirs of the celestial hierarchy. Few 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 cultivate any love to the Seraphim, the Cherubim, the Thrones, the Dominations, the Virtues The Powers The Principalities and the archangels. I know that this defect is to be ascribed to the absence of the interior life in the majority of souls. They are all immersed in the flesh and nothing but the things of sense affect them. There are few who, by their detachment from material objects and their perfect disengagement of spirit, give scope to those pure elevations of grace which rise our minds to a heavenly conversation while our bodies still live here below upon earth and which by revealing to us the spiritual world fix our attention on what passes there. Looking upon our guardian angels as near to us and this is so far well indeed, we cannot think too much about them and regarding them as ever watchful to procure for us that which is good, and to deliver us from evil. We feel a little more interest about them, and yet after all, the the return we make is as nothing. When we attentively consider the extraordinary obligations, we owe them. Why not cultivate a friendship with the Seraphim, the Cherubim, and all the other angels? The more exalted they are, the greater is their power as well as their love. And what ought to move us still more than there is more of God in them, which is the one great motive, with those souls who love God purely. You who read these pages, tell me if the kings of the earth are willing to receive you in their private friendship and to place you in the number of their greatest favorites, what would you do? Examine your heart a little upon this question, and let it be honestly. Then reflect it, rest solely with yourself to contract sweet and everlasting friendships with a countless number of the kings of heaven. It's a rest solely with yourself to enjoy their highest favor. Thank you. desire it, and I conjure you to reflect repeatedly on this truth. It will be your own fault if, through their interest, you do not become like them, kings in the blessed abode of the Empyrean. Truly, it would be my desire to use every possible means with the help of divine grace to arouse the minds of men and bring them to some measure out of their state of blindness on the subject of devotion to all the choirs of angels. It is this motive which has prompted me to compose this little book in their honor. I have long been pressed to do so, not only by excellent persons to whom I owe deference, but by more, but much more by those inward solicitations which I have experienced. For more than 15 or 14 years I have felt myself so strongly urged thereto and with so many proofs that it is the all-good God who asked me to undertake this little task, that I should consider myself to be very unfaithful to grace were I to resist. After composing my other little works of Quote, God only and uh, the love of Jesus and the most holy sacrament and devotion to the most admirable mother of God It is but just that I should write of love and devotion to the nine choirs of holy angels I shall be reminded perhaps that the number of devotional books is already large but a great saint of our days the glorious Francis of the Sales has long ago replied to this objection. Alas, we never hear it made matter of complaint that people are almost always speaking of earth. For do but take notice, and you will observe that almost the whole conversation in society turns upon the objects of sense. The earth and the men who inhabit it, the pleasures and the profits of this world, Well form well nigh the whole occupation of minds and hearts and constantly the whole subject matter of their conversation and writings. But just reflect a moment, seriously, on how few there are in any single city whose conversation is of God and of those precious ways which lead to the blessed fruition of Him as poverty, chastity, (laughs) mortification, or self-denial. How many letters are written every day in all parts of the world? And it is, and is it not true that almost all these letters have reference only to the affairs of Earth? Letters about lawsuits, rents, farms, money, Letters to promote the writer's establishments in the world, to keep up his interest with creatures, to secure their friendship and esteem, and to avoid their contempt and estrangement. In short, for the honor and glory of this miserable world. Yet, who complains of all these letters? But oh, the blindness and frightful insensibility of creatures. O darkness and hardness of heart, worthy of tears of blood, people cry out that too many writings are devoted to the love, the honor, and the interest of God. How abominable, abominable in all things are thy ways, O world. I resolve never to entertain for thee anything but horror and every imaginable aversion. I do not trouble myself, therefore, about what thou thinkest, or may think or say. God only, God only, God only, and he suffices me. Thy esteem, O world, and thy friendship, and all thy talk, do not deserve a moment's thought, unless it be to detest them. Hi, if we are told that all the little things we say in these books of ours are very worthless, we most readily agree. We believe and say the same thing. But this it is that makes us you need help look. Look for greater blessings from heaven the less there is to expect from the creature. But it is... What? I got interrupted. It's like the most important point, right? Okay, hold on. But this is... But this it is that makes us look for greater blessings from heaven. The less there is to expect from the creature, uh uh-huh, the less there is to expect from the creature, uh uh-huh, the more there is to be looked from God, looked for from God. Got it. The less there is to expect from the creature, uh, the more there is to be looked for from God. Got it. My very nothingness supports me. For I know that God has drawn his greatness. I'm sorry, I for I know that God has drawn his greatest, his greatest works out of nothing. Uh Trusting then solely in Jesus, in the protection of his most holy mother, and in the powerful and charitable assistance of the holy angels, I dedicate this little work to the glory of those blessed spirits. Willingly would I have gone from city to city and from village to village, publishing the goodness of the angels and the motives which oblige us to love them. Gladly would I have gone, spoken of them in the ears of all men, had it been in my power and cried aloud everywhere, both in public resorts and all in all other places saying, Come ye all, and join in love and devotion to the angels. But at least, since this is not possible, I publish these pages that they may supply for my silence and reach where I cannot make myself heard, so that being myself incapable of any great thing or to speak more correctly, being unable to do anything at all, I may at least do what I can in the power of God's grace to inspire the hearts of men with love for the angelic choirs. In old time, the divine chrysostom, reflecting on the misery of the world, expressed a wish that those words of Ecclesiastes in 1.2, quote, Vanity of vanities and all is vanity. Unquote, which is empathetically marked its nothingness yeah. were written up in large characters in public places, on the gates of cities, on the doors of houses everywhere. And for my part, I would wish that the words of that great Pope St. Leo CONFERMATE Amicities CUM SANTIS ANGELIS means Make friendships with the holy angels should be written up in the streets of towns and villages, in all our churches, in all apartments and private chambers, that everywhere there should be persons whose business it was to repeat them again and again, that no preacher should ever deliver a sermon without proclaiming them aloud, and that they should be constantly introduced into private conversation. What do we? We... What? Do what we will. Do what we will. We shall never worthily acquit ourselves of our duties towards these amiable spirits. Hence, it is that the Holy Fathers omit nothing which may lead us to honor and love them. Sometimes they press us to cultivate their holy love and form sweet friendships with them, familiarizing ourselves with their company. Sometimes they exhort us to pay our homage to them and to honor them to the best of our ability. Sometimes they remind us not to forget their presence, to be careful to respect them, to think of them and hold converse with them and in other places to charge us to be exceedingly thankful to them for their kindness, and never let the memory of it be effaced from our minds. In short, they use all their endeavors to excite us to practice so fitting a devotion. The heavenly St. Denis, who has written so lovingly to them, the lights in assuming this title of... Phil Angelus, that is to say, the friend of the angels, this man of God, contemporary of the apostles and disciples of the great St. Paul, full of the apostolic spirit and of the love of the angels, who are the apostles of heaven and co-adjutors of the apostolic men on earth, in order to demonstrate to us and to all posterity his zeal for these admirable spirits, publicly takes the appellation of their friend, appeal, appellation, and inscribes it in his writings that all the earth may know it. Let each man desire what he will for my part. If there be in the world any enviable title, to my taste, it is that of Phil Angelius, the friend of angels, F A, F O A, a title far surpassing that of monarch or sovereign. Oh, quality more precious than gold, than topazes, and all the most splendid jewels this world affords. Is there anything one ought not willingly to do and and to suffer to acquire so glorious an attribute? O spirits worthy of all love, my highest ambition shall ever be to attain the exalted honor of their holy friendship. I love you and desire to love you but make me to love you more. I have nothing to offer more valuable than my heart. I give it to you then and place it in your hands that you may direct it and mold it to pure love, that it may love in unison with you and may love only what you love and as you love and as you love. God, only. But I have nothing more precious than my life. I dedicate it to your glory and I should reckon myself too happy were I to lose it for your honor in honor of God. At least I have dedicated every moment of it to God for your glory. I desire to praise you unceasingly in life, in death, and after death. I possess nothing larger than my desires. Ah, they are all yours. And I could wish that the whole earth might echo to your praises. That everywhere there were temples and in all these temples altars consecrated to you. Everywhere congregations, processions, established sermons, preachers employed, pens devoted to your service. That everywhere your pictures were displayed, everywhere festivals celebrated, offices composed in your honor, holy fraternities of persons whose professions it was to make you known, to remind men of your sweet presence, to lead them to salute you and whose great business it should be to speak of you and to call upon all the world to love you and to love God only in you, who is the GA, the great all, who alone is to be honored in all things. But since such things surpass my power, I will at least do all I can. At least I will declare in these pages that you are all amiable, all loving, and alas, very little loved. I shall cry aloud to all who read them, Come ye and join in love and devotion to the angels. O oh, ye men love the angels they are friends preeminently faithful preeminently faithful powerful advocates and protectors most wise masters fathers brothers all filled with love for us they are the patrons protectors and advocates of all men without distinction of every state and of every class. Love the angels, ye apostolic men, they are the heavenly missionaries of paradise. Love the angels, ye preachers and doctors, for they are the adepts in heavenly science and in the ravishing eloquence of eternity." Love the angels, ye who are the priests of the Lord. It is by their hands that the sacrifice is offered to the divine majesty. Love the angels, ye who dwell in the the retirement of cloisters or in the seclusion of solitude. These admirable spirits are always retired in god and always behold his face love the angels ye who appear in public who live amidst the world these pure intelligences abide there with you love the angels ye married persons The example of the holy archangel Raphael, who conducted Tobias, admirably displays the care they take of your state. Love the angels, ye widows and orphans, for none may be compared to them in the terrible help they give to those in need. Love the angels. O oh, virgins, yes, I repeat it. Love the angels with fervor, O oh, ye virgins. They are the great friends of virginity. They nay, nay, they are his. They are its admirers, beholding this precious treasure in fragile vessels, and creatures so weak living on earth as they themselves live in heaven love the angels o ye just they are the guides of holiness love the angels o ye sinners they are for you a sure refuge love the angels ye who are afflicted who are poor and in misery they are the consolation and resource of all who sorrow two and a half pages all right i will come back we are in the bottom half of 14 don't stop keep going all right Love the angels, ye rich and powerful, ye great ones of this world. These are the heavenly luminaries who will enlighten you to see that all which passes is contemptible and that you should sigh only after a blessed eternity. Yes, O men. Love the seraphim, they are the princes of pure love. Love the chadubim, they are the great doctors of the science of the saints. Love the thrones, they are the patrons of true repose of soul and tranquil peace of heart. Love the dominations, they will teach you to become masters of yourself and of all things rising. You, above all created beings, to be an intimate union with the Creator. Love the virtues. They are the masters of the ways of holy perfection. Love the powers. They are your defenders against the malice, the rage, and the powers of the devils. Love the principalities, it is they who watch so diligently over the welfare of kingdoms, states, and those who govern. Love the archangels, for they are zealous for the common good, and we receive at their hands benefits without number in provinces towns, and villages, and in every part of the world, love in fine the angels of the last choir. They are stars whose celestial influences we feel the more often because they are nearer to us, watching over the good of each one of us, in particular with an ineffable love and care. However, let our love be as of fire, for these pure loves of love imperial and let us never cease from loving those who are never weary of doing us good and loading us with every favour bless o oh god bless o oh my god all who are devout to thy holy angels and all who on reading or hearing these pages shall earnestly resolve to practice this devotion, bless them with the blessing of the just, directing directing them along those straight paths which lead to thee and withdrawing them From the crooked paths of sinners, bless them with the blessing of Abraham, giving them the spirit of sacrifice, of self-immolation and oblation. Bless them with the blessing of Isaac, teaching them obedience and submission to thy divine will. Bless them with the blessing of Jacob, manifesting to them the mystery of holy religion. Bless them with the blessing of the elect, so that they may hear those sweet words, Quote, Come ye, blessed of my Father, possess the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, Unquote. Bless them with the blessing of these heavenly spirits, joining them to their society and giving them to partake of their happiness, great and august queen of paradise qp exclamation mark bless them with thy loving protection so that all being united in one and the same great object the glory of god only god only may live and reign in all our hearts to everlasting ages Period. End of section on page 16. We made it to the end of the introduction. Seriously? Yes. But hey, we're done. We're here. Great. We will be back with part one motives for this devotion. Thank you so much for hanging in there. It is exactly 50 minutes long of non-stop goodness or 59 and 40, all right, we're gonna cut it right here. And 40, thank you for listening, bye. All right. The first motive, the admirable perfections of these sublime intelligences. The excellences of the angels are like a fathomless and, as it were, shoreless. Oh, come on, reload. Ah, oh, ay, sorry. It's reloading. We're reading from saintsbooks.net. We have gone through the first three parts of introduction And we are now starting at part one. They go by, the chapters are called Motives. So we're gonna talk about all the different motives for devoting ourselves to the holy angels. Okay, great, please don't reload on me. The excellences of the angels are like a fathomless and as it were, shoreless ocean. It is, as I have said, an abyss in which the mind necessarily loses itself. Souls duly enlightened know well that what they say is far below what they think of them. And what they think is far below the reality for true indeed is for true indeed it is that their greatness is far beyond the thought of man to conceive as it is beyond his word to express the angelic nature is a whole world of perfection and when to this is superadded the state of grace and glory, it is beyond measure admirable. It is a certain truth that the nature of men, however great its perfection, is inferior to that of angels. For this we learn from Holy Scripture, but a theologian would weigh, has taught what, however, is not the received opinion that the lowest of the angels in the state of glory is above the highest of saints. Ah, And it is in this sense that he explains those words of Writ, W-R-I-T, from Matthew eleven eleven, which say that he who is lesser in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. But besides the incomparable mother of God, who without doubt is exalted above all, all the choirs of angels, he accepted the glorious Saint Joseph on account of his belonging to an order differing from that of all other saints because of the extraordinary office which he filled in connection with the hypostatic union being honored with the title of Husband of the Mother of God, reputed Father of the God-Man, and in a manner, Savior of the capital S Savior. This at least, we know that the angels are spiritual substances incorruptible by nature perfectly separate from matter and entirely free from all those infirmities which compass us on every side they are spirits all brightness they are acquainted with all the secrets Of nature and all that has remained most hidden from the greatest minds that have ever existed is intimately known to them they know things without labor and countless things at the same time and in an instant of time unaccompanied with doubt or obscurity they do not make use of discourse like men or comprehend the things they know after our manner that is by reasoning from you know one thing to another they understand everything at a glance and this is why they are styled emphatically intelligences scripture describes them as Habited in a garment of brightness uh, and of fire. Ezekiel 1, 13 or 14, Matthew 28, 3. Scripture describes them as Habited in a garment of brightness and of fire to indicate to us the spiritual light with which they are endowed. It clothes them. In the apocalypse, AKA Revelation, chapter one, verse 13 to 16, quote, with a robe like to that of the high priests of old to show us that the most sacred mysteries of religion are revealed to them in fine it represents them as in as de- enveloped as enveloped with clouds to teach us that their brilliancy is too intense for our minds to endure we cannot hold it under but only under a veil the eye of man has no strength to gaze upon it. The wisest men upon earth are but children in comparison with these pure intelligences. Their power also is inconceivable. One single angel. Oh, the thing about the clouds, that was uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 4. Okay, wait. One single angel could defeat millions of men set in battle array, yay. Yes, all the men in the world united together. He could work marvelous changes in the elements, in cities and provinces and kingdoms. The angel can make the winds to blow, rain to fall, thunder to roar. They can rise tempests, cause earthquakes, stop the course of waters, bestow abundance, or produce a famine. <gasps> Thank you. Thank I you. Want can you? Food
1: food? Food. Can you, can. Can you
0: food? Okay, come on. Let's eat. We'll be back. Take a short break for food break. Top of page 21. Earthquakes, famines. Okay, but top of page twenty-one. Okay, we'll be back. The angels can make the winds to blow, rain to fall, thunder to roar. They can rise tempests, cause earthquakes, stop the course of rivers, bestow abundance, or produce a famine, cure all maladies, or inflict incurable disorders. Fashion themselves, bodies, and perform a thousand utter wonders, the causes of which men know not. And all this, they can affect almost in a moment of time. They are respected with, they are represented with wings to denote their swiftness which exceeds that of the heavens and of the winds. In an instant, they pass from one end of the world to the other, or to another, thus making themselves ubiquitous, as Tertullian says, but their loveliness is perfectly enchanting that which is fairest, upon earth being mere deformity compared with their celestial beauty. The angels are all beauty, the least beautiful among them, surpassing in loveliness all the united charms of the earth. the mind is utterly lost in the thought of the infinite assemblage of beauty composing these angelic choirs. For if the angels differ from one another in kind, and consequently each has his own particular beauty, and if the lowest possesses more than all earthly creatures, and if, on the other hand, their number is... In a manner infinite, a multitude which no man can number, and which is known only to God. Oh my God, what countless beauties does the heavenly scion contain? But oh, how dazzling must be the splendor of the most exalted spirits. Of this glorious city. And here, St. Anselm's words are often quoted, who, to give us some idea of these truths by means of sensible objects, says Isaiah 6 2 and Ezekiel 1 8 and etc. that were God to put an angel in the place of the sun and surround him with as many suns as there are stars, and were he to permit this blessed spirit to transfuse into the form he has assumed some rays of his own brightness, he would eclipse all the splendor of these suns and render them invisible to our eyes. A learned man has pinned, opined, that the sun itself which enlightens this world has no other light but that which it receives from the angel who moves and guides it. For, says he, though the angel does not inform this luminary and acts towards it only as an assistant form, it is very possible that he imparts to it all its brilliancy. Even as the blood in the human frame, in the opinion of those who do not believe it to be animated, nevertheless, receives from the soul a certain luster which it loses when the soul is separated from the body in a word everything about these amiable spirits is enrapturing an angel appeared to saint francis and for his entertainment played upon a musical instrument he touched it but once Yet so melodiously that the saint afterwards declared that had he continued, he must have died of such an excess of sweetness. Miraculous bird whose song once so enchanted a religious who served God in the retirement of a desert that he paused several centuries in that solitude without weariness and with so much pleasure that he imagined he had spent only a quarter of an hour. God, preserving him miraculously all this time, was no doubt an angel who took the form of a bird. Father Cornelius, a la piede, asserts that being desirous to examine into the truth of this miracle, he made a journey on purpose to the spot where it was said to have occurred and to the monastery to which the aforenamed religious belonged, and that, after having made a most careful examination into the matter, he had found very satisfactory evidence of its truth. Page 23. This is also one reason why the angels were created in the imperial heaven, it was most fitting that such noble and perfect creatures should take their origin in a heaven, which is the abode of all enjoyment and blessedness. All those precious stones which were shown of old to the prophet Ezekiel typified to us, typified to us, the various perfections of the angels. Ezekiel 1, 27. The Holy Fathers outdo themselves when it is question of bestowing titles and praises on them. To express all in one word, they may be called pure and lustrous mirrors reflecting God. They are at once His brilliant mirrors and His most lively images. Their excellence is indeed without shade of imperfection. Alas, it is not thus with the little perfection which is to be seen here below on earth and which is to be found only with a wretched alloy of faults and weaknesses. The nobility of the angels is unsullied by meanness. Their knowledge is without ignorance. Their light without darkness, their power without weakness, their beauty without the least blemish, their love without taint, their will without inconstancy, inconstancy. their peace without disturbance, their activity without intermission, their operation incessant and without toil, their designs without anxiety, their happiness without fear, their blessedness consummate in every respect without the least admixture of evil. It is related in the Book of Judges 1318 that Manuel, having asked an angel who appeared to him what was his name, he replied that his name was, quote, wonderful, with a W, end quote. In the 16th chapter of Genesis, Agar, A-G-A-R, as scripture tells us. Verse 13, called the name of the Lord who spake to her, quote, thou the God who has seen me, unquote. Page 24, now it was an angel who at that time spake to her, but this title is ascribed to angels because they represent God so admirably. Hence, in the same book of Genesis chapter 31, Jacob says in verse 30 that he has seen God face to face when speaking of the angel who had appeared to him. With all these perfections, can man refuse the angels the love which is due to them? Men who are so disposed to love what is beautiful and noble and perfect? Est
1: leur sont si tu...
0: This truth well deserves to be pondered long and deeply into to the glory of God the author of all these excellences and all these perfections. End of First Motive Second motive, the incomparable goodness of these spirits of love. Nothing so touches a good heart as to see itself beloved, says the Holy Bishop of Geneva in his book on the love of God. But the motives for a return of love are much increased when the person who loves us is one of exalted character. If this be so, we must either love the angels, or give up loving. We have but just now seen that their power, their knowledge, and their beauty are beyond compare. Add to this that they are great princes, yea, kings who reign with the Sovereign King of Eternity over an empire which knows no end. Consider, moreover, that these amiable princes of the blessed paradise not only love us, But love us with every different kind of love. And this to such a degree that it would appear as if they had resolved that none should surpass them in love. It may be said, it may be truly said that they are the passionate lovers of men page 25 they love us then these lords of the empyrean with a father's love being always anxious for our advancement and the promotion of our welfare always filled with the desire of procuring us some benefit never ceasing to do us good looking upon our interests as their own, laboring with inexpressible care to obtain for us a large share in the high honors of a glorious eternity, and neglecting nothing to secure to us the inheritance of glory which has been purchased for us by the mercies of the adorable Jesus, with a big A. A lover asked his beloved, do you love yourself more than you love? to myself and
1: I live for you. I've disappeared from myself and my attributes. I am present only for you. I have forgotten all my learning
0: but from knowing you I have become a scholar. I have lost
1: all my strength but from your power I mean.
0: love us with a mother's love, for it is written in Psalms, that they shall bear us in their hands. Like a good mother who folds her child to her bosom, they carry us in their arms. They watch over both our bodies and our souls. They keep their eyes always fixed upon us and caress us with all the tenderness which a holy love inspires. They love us with a brother's love, for they look upon us as their younger brethren, and what is indeed most wonderful and rare, worthier of heaven than of earth. Not only do our holy guardians feel no displeasure at seeing us, their equals in glory, but they are delighted that it should be so and do all that they can, and do all they can that they may behold us more glorious in paradise than they are themselves. They love us with the love of a passionate lover, always thinking of us, always striving to win our love, never losing sight of us day or night, abandoning even the delightful abode of heaven in order to abide with us continually on earth and desiring and seeking our good more than their own. They love us with the love of a vigilant pastor. For is it not of these blessed spirits that it may be said that, quote, they who keep Israel neither slumber nor sleep, unquote. Question mark. Psalms 120. Verse four, they love us with the love of a kind physician, for they dress our wounds. Page 26, heal our maladies, restore us to health, Mm -hmm. and all with an incomprehensible gentleness. They love us with the love of a pleader and an advocate devoting themselves with goodness unspeakable to all our affairs, both heavenly and earthly, but especially to the great affair of eternity. They love us with the love of a faithful guide, conducting us with marvelous love through all the painful ways of this life and preserving us from the precipice which surround us on all sides. They love us with the love of a good master, keeping us under their protection and enabling us to earn rewards exceeding, beyond all proportion, the small services we render them. They love us with the love of a wise and patient doctor teaching us the science of the saints and the high doctrine of Jesus Christ. They love us with the love of a good king, defending us from our enemies, causing us to live in peace and keeping us in all security. In a word, they love us as much as it is possible for them to love us. I'm sorry, I don't know why the music is so crazy. What happened to my enigma? How did Mr. What? Oh, enigma's over. Okay, we'll be right back. No, don't go. Okay. Uh, okay, let's do uh, uh, Sadness with the radio. We turned it. Oh, okay, remix, remix. Okay, great. Let's try this out. If it's not good, we'll just, okay, great. Northern Light. Not kings. Right, okay. they love us with the love of a good king defending us from our enemies causing us to live in peace and keeping us in all security in a word they love us as much as it is possible for them to love us behold then how our hearts are constrained to love seeing themselves beloved in such various ways by creatures so noble, so beautiful, so powerful, so perfect. These mighty kings of paradise. Feel your body.
1: start to move Let the rhythm your guiding
0: light but when did they begin to love us hmm from the very moment that we came into being how long has their friendship lasted without intermission during every single instant of our life But will it be enduring? It will. It will endure to our last breath. And if we will, even after death, forever. Forever? As long as God is God. Throughout a long and never ending eternity, do they love us in all things? In all things whatsoever which concern our true happiness. And is there no exception? None whatever. And what do they do to advance our good? They do all they can. No employment seems too vile or abject for them when it is a question of serving us. Page 27. In what places do they labor for our good, you may ask? In every place, country and land, wherever we go, in heaven itself and under the earth, in the midst of the fires and flames of purgatory, does not our ingratitude repel them? No, they remain unchangeably attached to our service, without disgust, without wariness, whatever cause we may give them to the contrary. It is true, then, that the holy angels are our oldest friends, that their love is the most constant, the most faithful, the most sweet, the most patient, the most universal that can be. Very slow. All therein is great, all is enchanting. All is admirable. Let us add, all is disinterested. For what do they receive from men Ingratitude beyond conception, insolent contempt, shameful neglect. The heathen know them not. Heretics know them without paying them the respect which is their due. The greater part of the poor country people know as little of them as the heathen. Often they who know most about them neglect them most. They who passed for loving them think of them at times and on occasions honor them. And here we see the whole extent of the love of men for these spirits who are ever near them and ever thinking of them. These truths seriously meditated upon from time to time will fill the soul with profound amazement as it compares the exceeding love displayed by the angels towards men with the exceeding ingratitude and coldness evinced by men towards the angels. Once again then let us ask whence is it O heavenly spirits, that ye love these men, and wherefore do ye desire their love. Here every mind must stand confounded. Let him who can fathom this mystery. For my part I confess that the love of the angels is past all understanding. Page 28. Fain would I go through the earth exclaiming against the ingratitude and the insensibility of the human heart. Truly it must be confessed that herein the ingratitude of man is displayed in all its blackness. And the hardness of his heart in its most revolting form. O men, rouse yourselves from this unhappy state and surrender yourselves at length to all these attractions of love. Love the angels. Love the God of the angels. For it is in Him alone that all is to be loved that is worthy of love. motive. All the holy angels are engaged in the service of men. I confess that as I proceed to write the love of the angels my heart feels itself becoming gradually more and more softened and if they are fires and flames of fire as scripture teaches us Hebrews 1 7 I marvel not that my heart should be all dissolved to express myself in the psalmist's words in 2115, like wax, like wax that melts at the fire. O amiable spirits, suffer my poor soul to pour itself forth in love. Either let me die or let me love you to my heart's content. Let me love with you. Love with pure love, Jesus, the King and Mary, the queen of holy love. Either I must cease to love or I must live only by this pure love. But how fitted are the motives, which here we can but merely glance at, to dispose of to this love. We have said that the angels love men with every variety of love, and that they love them with an inviolably fidelity and a matchless patience but how many of these amiable princes are engaged in their service Hmm. page 29 some few perhaps from among their heavenly bands Hmm. let us listen to the divine Paul in answer to our question who says in Hebrew 1.14 that all are ministering spirits sent for our salvation. St. Augustine teaches that all the angels watch over us because we constitute with them one only city of God, of which one portion compose of men, yet Wayfarers on earth is assisted by the other portion. The angels who live in the blessed fruition of their true end. When we say that the angels watch over the salvation of men, says the eloquent St. John Chrysostom, we must not be composed. Suspo- we must not be Suppose it to speak only of the angels of the lowest choirs, but even of the most exalted and the highest. It may indeed be asked whether the angels of the first choir descend here below to assist men. Some doctors are of the opinion that they do not, but it is difficult for them to explain away the testimony of Scripture to the contrary. Huh? St. Raphael, who acted as guide to the young Tobias, testified in Tobias, 12:15 that he was, quote, one of the seven princes who stand before the Lord, unquote. Cherubim appeared to the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 10. A seraph purified the lips of Isaiah. 6, verse 2 to 7. We read also in Genesis 3, 24. That God has committed to a charib. The guardianship of the earthly paradise. Thus it is evident. That the angels even of the first choirs. Are sent here below for the guidance of men. The lies of the saints teach us this same truth. It was a saref. Who imprinted the wounds of our merciful savior on the body of Saint Francis. It was a saref also who wounded with a dart of love the heart of the seraphic Teresa. But this is not the essential point. It suffices that it is an undoubted truth that all, without exception, take care of us in one way or another. All the nine choirs of angels are engaged in the service of men. Page 30. Now... The number of the angels is so exceedingly great that the holy man Job, J-O-B, you need a job, come over here, 25, verse three, declares them to be an innumerable There are learned men who maintain that they surpass in number all the stars of heaven, all the birds of the air, all the drops of water, all the blades of grass, all the atoms in fine, which compose this visible creation. St. Gregory of Nyssa says that there are infinite millions of them. That is to say, to the mind of man... Their multitude is as if infinite and is known to God alone. He alone, says the great St. Denis, knows their number. He alone knows their number. What strong and lively emotions of love do our poor hearts experience? And how are they filled with consolation when they have well penetrated these truths? Reader. Were you to be told that the king had dispatched one of the first princes of his court on purpose to attend upon you and to render you every possible service, what feelings would be yours? What sentiments of gratitude could you contain your joy and what would your amazement? What the surprise, the delight of all your relatives and friends? But. History records nothing of the kind. Earth can display nothing so gracious. Such favors are reserved for heaven. It belongs only to the god of paradise to perform these prodigies of love. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul, have we ever seriously thought of this? Has thou ever well considered that the princes of the court of the king of kings interest themselves in thy affairs are set to guard thee and watch with goodness ineffable over everything which concerns thee? It is true that one among these princes is thy more immediate guardian. Nevertheless, scripture informs us that, quote, all are ministering spirits sent for them who shall receive the inheritance of salvation. Period. Unquote. (gasps) Page 31. One more paragraph and we're done. Oh, The love of God who has sent them oh the love of these princes who are sent what consolation to our poor souls why after this should we be sad why should they be ever troubled the presence Of a single one of these princes ought to be sufficient to remove from us all fear and rise our courage, however much we may be cast down. And behold, millions, thousands of millions, countless millions, to use the words of the fathers, numbers without number. Oh, my heart consider that if one such powerful protector is sufficient to ensure thy safety the friendship of all these illustrious lords of the empyrean may well serve to fill and occupy thee ah what time or what room shall we have remaining for earth assuredly there are too many sweet friendships to contract in heaven with the angels for us to amuse ourselves here below with men. Paradoxes,
1: side by side,
0: open your heart
1: and push the limits.
0: And how pure and holy are these friendships seeing that they are formed with pure spirits in whom we find God only. Thank you so much for parting with us and continuing to listen. We will be back with the fourth motive. Yours truly, Celeste. The Fourth Motive All men are assisted by the holy angels. We need seek no other reason for the love of God but that love itself, as our Lord revealed to the venerable Mother Magdalene of St. Joseph, a Carmelite nun of eminent sanctity. Sorry, I reloaded. fourth motive okay for why does god thus love men let it be published among the nations says the devout saint bernard and let them confess that the lord has resolved to deal magnificently with them O lord what is man that thou shouldst deign to make thyself known to him, and to bestow upon him the love of thy heart. Thou lovest him, thou takest care of him, thou givest to him thine only Son, thou sendest to him thy Holy Spirit, and that there may remain nothing in heaven which is not occupied With his welfare thou deputest the blessed spirits to watch over him to minister to him and to instruct him behold then the angel who is a great king full of perfections beauty and glory devoted to the service of man who is one mass of imperfections foulness and wretchedness, of man who is nothing but a vile insect, a worm of the earth, a heap of corruption, the food of worms, a little clay and mud, a leaf which the wind carries away. And what is still more surprising, the angel is engaged in the service of man, a sinner, 1 John 1,
1: 8. Some said, keep dreaming.
0: So we did. Okay. The divine word teaches, quote, that if we say that we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, unquote. The holiest fall into deplorable, venial sins, though it be not with full Advertence and venial sins is an offense against God. This is why souls who have truly given themselves to God fall into them only by surprise. They would rather suffer all imaginable torments in this life, and even in the next, than commit one such sin with their eyes open. That is, with full knowledge and deliberate purpose. Hell, said the devout Saint Elmselm, hell would be to me more endurable than the very smallest sin. They who love God will well understand this truth. The rest will scarcely comprehend it. But more than this, not only venial sin, but the least shadow of venial sin. According to the opinion of the loving and divine Catherine of Genoa, would the least shadow of venial sin would be capable of crushing to Adams that man who should thoroughly understand its true nature. Had he even a body as hard as diamond? In this, at the slightest glimpse which might be given him of it, page 33, so true it is that the smallest offense against God has in it something fearful. No language can express how horrible a thing is sin. Oh, man, oh, if man did but know what they do when they relapse into it. Now the angels, the spirits who are all light, discern the abominableness of it far more clearly than do the most enlightened souls. And yet They cease not to assist with incredible kindness those who are infected with this dreadful disease. Soul, whoever you may be who hears these truths, pause a while I entreat you to reflect on them. It is a wonderful thing. This goodness of the angels who refuse not to bestow their care upon those who allow themselves to commit offenses, however slight, against their creator. Considering the knowledge they possess of the most adorable greatness of the Divine Majesty, which is insulted thereby. How amazing then to see that they abandon not those wretches who live in mortal sin, besides who trample underfoot the blood of a God and are guilty of his death. Those traitors against the majesty of God, those children, those members, who; those slaves, of the devil who those captives of hell. But this is not all. Heretics and unbelievers have angels to guard them. That great Saint Teresa said that the soul of a Catholic in mortal sin is like a fair mirror whose purity is wholly sullied and entirely spoiled, so that it is now a hideous object, but that this mirror in heretics is not only spoiled, but broken. The supernatural lights with which this seraphic soul was favored taught her deep truths under the form of similitudes of which she made use for the instructions of others. The plague of heresy is a raging evil which we shall never fully comprehend till we arrive at that eternal country. Page 34, country where truth shall be beheld in all its solidarity and splendor. But after all, the love of the angels bear even with this. They watch over these miserable beings, over all unbelievers, pagans, and idolaters, Turks, who are their avowed enemies, since they are the enemies of the very name of Christian, receive their ad. Receive their aid. Sorry. Turks, who are their avowed enemies, since they are the enemies of the very name of Christian, receive their aid. Even Antichrist shall have a guardian angel, according to the doctrine of St. Thomas, who shall restrain him from much evil, which he would otherwise do both to others and to himself. They perform the same office for all those who are hardened in sin, and their protection is not without many good results even in the case of heretics and unbelievers. All these they serve as if they were their masters, although they are the slaves of hell. Men who they perceive clearly will be damned and who are walking in the high road of perdition. Hello, A. Let us here stop and admire the goodness of angels, of the angels. Where is to be found the gardener who would water a tree if he knew that it would never bear fruit? And who would do it with as much care as if he had great expectations from it? But how overwhelming is the thought when we consider that they continue to prompt us to good with the same fidelity after having been repulsed thousands of times and after having seen the fruitlessness of their labor on a hundred thousand occasions, all these affronts, all these insults, all these rebellion, all this rebellion, all this Perfidy. All this malice and atrocity of men who are, so to say, engaged in a perpetual struggle with these glorious spirits, laboring to outdo their love with ingratitude, do not prevent them from being devoted to the service of all men. Let us weigh. Well, these two great truths. All the nine choirs of angels, without a single exception, are in the service of men. And all men, however vile and wretched they may be, without a single exception, are assisted by the angels. Page 35. They go and seek them amidst the boundless forests of Canada, in the most distant wilds, and in the darkest dungeons, at the very ends of the earth, and in the center of barbarism itself. And you would say that they were passionately enamored of these men, who have nothing human about them, save the form their life being altogether brutal, nay, far below that of beasts. These beings of heavenly beauty bestow their love on deformity itself and receive in return nothing but insolent contempt. It is thus that these spirits love, who love only out of pure love, That is to say, they look only to God alone. End of fourth motive. The fifth motive, the holy angels do all that is possible to be done for the good of men. Angels have assumed visible forms in the service of men. They accompany us everywhere despite our folly and vileness. The princes of paradise with a capital P are our servants and slaves. They watch over everything belonging to us scripture instances the whole world is full of them The holy angels do all that is possible to be done for the good of men. The angel who performed the office of a servant to that young man, who is mentioned in the history of the Order of Saint Dominic, offers us a striking example of this truth. A pious lady was apprised late one evening that "'A poor woman who lived in one of the suburbs of the town "'where she was then residing, was in extreme want. "'All her servants being out, she sent her son, "'who was very young, but as the child was frightened "'at having to go in the dark to a quarter, "'which was at some distance from his home, "'a page, who was passing before the door with a torch, "'conducted him to the woman's abode. "'And again, when he had returned, A man presented himself and escorted him back to his parents, to his mother's house, who doubted not, but that it must have been his good angel who had rendered him this charitable service. Page 36. Truly, it is much for angels to watch over men so lovingly, Truly it is much for angels to watch over men so lovingly, but to take their form and to appear visibly as they have so often done, this is something greater still. And that learned commentator on Holy Scripture, Cornelius Alapide, is of opinion that after the resurrection, they will at times assume forms of incredible beauty to gratify our external senses. But that which is still more wonderful is to see them put themselves in every conceivable situation in order to serve us. They take the appearance of poor men, of beggars, of the sick, of leopards. There is nothing which they will not do for men who scarcely do anything in acknowledgement of the benefits they receive from them even were it only on certain occasions that they rendered this assistance to such vile and miserable creatures it would be wonderful but to confer benefits upon us as numerous as the very moments of our life and after such a manner this is indeed past all conception We have said again and again, that the angels are our guardians. We also who read this have often said it. You also who read this have often said it, but have you ever seriously reflected on a favor so astonishing and so precious? If a Prince of the Blood Royal were to repair a wretched village to pass some time in the service of a poor peasant or in a wretched howl, would it not excite the wonder of the whole world? And if this peasant were his enemy who constantly ill-treated him and from whom the prince could expect nothing to his own advantage, doubtless this would much increase the general astonishment. And yet, further, if this prince were not only to pass some months or even years with this, this, this wretched man, but were to remain with him to the last, latest moment of his life, never losing sight of him, but always accompanying him, a man who was not only ungrateful to him, Not only bad, but quite brutalized. Covered with loathsome diseases, disgusting ulcers, vermin, itch, and everything that is most revolting. What would men think of this? And yet, my soul, it is thus that thy good angel guards thee. It is thus, and thou to whom I speak through these pages, that thy holy angel guards thee and holds thee his constant and affords thee his constant protection. Yes, this amiable prince of paradise never leaves us in this valley of misery and tears. The angels, says St. Augustine, go in and out with us. They go in and out with us, having their eyes always fixed upon us and upon all that we are doing. If we stop anywhere, they stop also. If we go forth to walk, they bear us company. If we journey into another country, they follow us. Go where you will, by land or by sea, they are ever with us. Let the solitary shut himself up in his hermitage. His good angel abides there with him. Let the traveler pass continually from one country to another. His good angel follows him everywhere. Oh, exceeding goodness. While we sleep, they keep watch by us. They're always beside us, us. Who are sinners and constantly their enemies, who are hideous, hideousness itself by reason of sin, and who could not even endure ourselves if we knew our own deformity and were sensible of our loathsomeness, us, who are ingratitude itself, the greater part of whose lives is made up of criminal actions, either mortal or venial or of mean or unworthy occupations, which assuredly are most pitiable in the eyes of those enlightened spirits who plainly perceive their folly and vanity. Us, who mix a multitude of faults with the good actions we perform, and notwithstanding all this, they never tire of being with us all day long and all night long and during every moment of our life. And if we are so happy to be saved, after our death, they will visit us in the prison of purgatory. They will not let, and will not think they degrade themselves by coming to console us and miss the furnace and flames of that place of suffering. Oh, and will not think that that they degrade themselves by coming to console us amidst the furnaces and flames of that place of suffering. Truly, is not this to act as our servants and slaves and not merely as our guardians? But more than this, Would it be possible, and I do not say to meet with princes who should be willing thus to serve much miserable creatures, but could any persons be found, however wretched they might be, who would consent to serve kings on these conditions and sacrifice their liberty to such a degree? Begin then today truly to learn and fix it well in your memory that the angels are our servants and our slaves. Oh, the goodness of God, princes of paradise, kings of glory, to be our attendants and our slaves, that holy man, Vincent Karafka, Karafka. Who indeed <clears throat> had indeed reason to say that the life of the Christian was something truly wondrous and admirable. Middle of page 39. Hello, today is November 12, midnight, so just November 12. Yay, we've made it. We made it past 11 11. We're somewhere on this page, I'll backtrack a little bit, see where we picked up off of. Page 38. And if we are so happy as to be saved after our death, they will visit us in the prison. Of purgatory, with a capital P, and will not think they degrade themselves by coming to console us amidst the furnaces and flames of that place of suffering. Truly, is not this to act as our servants and slaves, and not merely as our guardians? But more than this, would it be possible? I do not say to meet with princes who should be willing thus to serve such miserable creatures, but could any persons be found, however wretched that they might be, who would consent to serve kings on these conditions and sacrifice their liberty to such a degree? Begin, then, today, truly, to learn and fix it well in your memory That the angels of our servants and our slaves, that the angels are our servants and our slaves. On this Veterans Day, I want to remember our guardian angels. I don't think anybody does on Veterans Day, do they? Thank you, my guardian angel. Oh, the goodness of God princes of paradise, gods of, kings of glory, sorry, kings with a little K, kings of glory, to be our attendants and our slaves, that holy man, Vincent Carafa, who indeed reasoned to say that the life of the Christian was something truly wondrous and admirable, into this surprising, add to this surprising love, that the angels are not satisfied with thus guarding men. Their love is carried to such an excess that for the love of men they tend even beasts. Not only in that sometimes disguised as shepherds, they have watched over the flocks of certain chosen souls. As we read of St. Felix. Oh, I got to read of St. Felix. St. Felix of Cantalicio. Cantalicchio. C-A-N-T-A-L-I-C-I-O. He lived around 1587 A.D. Or A.D. 1587, St. Felix, with a F-E-L-I-X, who was afterwards a Capuchin, but that, according to St. Augustine, the visible world is governed by invisible creatures, pure spirits, and that there are even angels who preside over every visible thing and all the different species of creatures in the world, whether animate or inanimate. The heavens and the stars have their directing angels. The waters have their own special angel, as is stated in the Apocalypse, a.k.a. Revelations, XVI 5. A.k.a. chapter 16, verse 5. The air has its angels, which govern the winds. As we may read in the same book, chapter 7, verse 1, which moreover informs us, chapter 14, verse 18, that the element of fire also has its angels. We'll talk about that later in notes C and B. The kingdoms have their angels, as Daniel says in chapter 10, verse 13 and 20. Provinces also have their guardian angels, as we learned from Genesis chapter 32, verse 1. For the angels who appeared to Jacob were the guardians of the provinces. Though, through, sorry, were the, the guardians of the provinces through which he was passing. Jacob says, St. Augustine saw two troops of angels. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, St. Augustine says that Jacob saw two troops of angels. One was commanded by the angel of Mesopotamia, who had conducted that holy patriarch with his band, to the confines of Canaan. Canaan. There, that holy man was was received by the angel of Canaan, accompanied by a magnitude of inferior angels, accompanied by a multitude of inferior angels to serve him as an escort and defend him from his enemies. See note C. Every country, in the opinion of St. Clement, has an angel to guard it. St. Clement, ooh. And so have towns and villages, and even private families, in the judgment of the learned Tostado. Tostado? Tostio? No, Tostado. T O S. T A D O. How much more churches and altars, as it has pleased our Lord to reveal to several of his saints. How much more churches and altars hmm, have their own guardian angels? Yeah. As it has pleased our Lord to reveal to several of his saints. Thus, the whole world is full of angels, and this seems conformable to the sweetness with which divine providence orders things. For if it be true, as some aver, that there are in the air so great a number of devils that if these spirits had bodies, they would cause the darkness of night at midday, hiding from us the sight of the sun. How should men who are sheer weakness Be able to resist such might if they are not secured, secured, secured. secured, How do you pronounce this word? S U C C O U R E D. Secured by the protection of the good angels. Now, all these good angels are not stationed throughout this universe nor for for no active now all these good angels are not stationed throughout this universe for no active purpose as each star has its own particular influence so likewise all these blessed spirits produce effects effects beneficial to men after a manner proper to each page 40 and if we did but know all the favors which we continually receive from them, we must have hearts harder than stone, not to be sensibly affected by it. But alas, man is wholly given up to the flesh, and thinks of scarcely anything else but the objects with which his senses are conversant, with which his senses are conversant, It is vain to talk to him of spiritual things. Either he comprehends them not, or he easily forgets them. Notwithstanding all that the prophet Elysius might say to his servant of the protection of these glorious spirits, the poor man did not feel any the more convinced of it until God opened his eyes miraculously and showed them to him under sensible forms. Oh, if the all good God were to grant to us the same favor, what wonders should we discover? However, let us well and deeply consider that the comfort and benefit We derive from earth, air, water, fire, from the heavens, from the animals, and fine from all creatures, come to us by the agency of the holy angels, who are the faithful ministers of that only God, whom we adore, who is admirable in all his gifts and who merits for them, are unceasing praises forever and ever. Amen. End of the fifth motive.